You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on Patreon and subscribe to my email list so you can get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about televangelist John Hagee's long history of claiming tragic events were God's judgment on humanity. Roseanne Barr being rehabilitated by Fox News. She's a QAnon nutter butter with a massive platform again. Pastor Rick Scarborough telling his congregation he's willing to burn before he accepts gay marriage, with all the implications that come along with it. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to sign up for my email list, you can do it at telltaleatheist.com slash subscribe. You belong in hell! Sam Smith belongs in hell! You demonic, twisted Okay, so if you're unfamiliar with Sam Smith, this is the guy right here. He went to Central Park to hang out and do his thing, and he starts getting yelled at by these people over here. We're going to listen to the whole thing in a minute. This is the woman right here that yelled at him. We're going to listen to that whole thing in a minute, but before we do, let me talk about why people seem to hate this guy. Like, what the hell is going on? Apparently, this guy is a TikToker, okay? I didn't, I'd never heard of him before. But he released a song called Unholy, and the song is about a guy doing unholy things, cheating on his spouse. He goes to a body shop and cheats on his spouse with somebody else, and that's unholy. That's the whole premise of the song, right? It's not glorifying being unholy to any degree at all. It's actually condemning being unholy, quote-unquote. But he performed this song at the Grammys, and evangelicals melted down over it. And, you know, obviously, it goes as far as people yelling at him at Central Park. Dude can't just live his life seriously. So check out what the evangelical world has had to say about the song Unholy. This is from mid-February or early February uh, 2023, by the by. Sunday night, I did not watch the Grammys. I don't know the last time I've watched the Grammys. Of course, we all know what happened on Sunday night. But in case... You know, I watched this live um, the other day, this whole video, and I was so confused by this. Like, we do? We know what happened at the Grammys? Like, nobody in my circles was talking about this. Apparently, evangelicals melted down like you wouldn't believe. You didn't. We're not going to play the song that everybody's talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody says Sam Smith goes by they, them. I, I did not realize that. I apologize. Thank you for letting me know. Interesting. Okay. I, my my bad. I will correct that moving forward. And if possible, I will correct it in edits. Song that everybody's talking about. But I am going to show you a tweet from uh, Reuters uh, about Kim Petras and Sam Smith performed their Grammy winning hit, Unholy. They're actually calling it, the, the, the name of this song is Unholy. They were not celebrating being unholy. Again, they were just talking about a guy who's doing an unholy thing, cheating on his spouse. They weren't glorifying that. Yeah, they used the color red. Red is a common color, okay? There are a lot of things that are red. Also, uh, about Sam Smith being non-binary, you know, I bet I didn't know that they went by they, them. Because the only time that I ever heard about Sam Smith was through evangelicals. And of course, they're going to misgen misgender them. Big surprise. It's just disgusting. Anyway, so Flashpoint goes on to play a clip 
like at the end of the Grammys, like after they did their performance and everything, it was done with Sam Smith and then Petra something or other. This is the Petra person. I don't remember her full name. I think her last name is Petra. Anyway, listen to her announcement here. Sam graciously wanted me to accept this award because I'm the first uh, transgender woman to win this award. And people seem pretty excited, right? They're smiling and cheering and clapping, right? That becomes relevant in a second. You saw it. That's fantastic. Some representation, right? The first trans woman to win this award. That's great in my mind. You saw it was yeah. a standing ovation. Why? Because no, nobody was standing, but okay. It's a little thing, but you got to zero in on these little things with these people or, or they'll get away with everything if you don't. Why? Because people feel like they have to, oh, this is the, oh, yeah, yeah, this is the correct thing to do. This is the place that America, the general population of America is descended to. All right. Is he saying that they only clapped because they felt like they were, like, required to? Look, if people didn't want to clap for this stuff, they wouldn't clap for this stuff. It's because people are glad that other, mi that minority groups are being represented in society. That's a good thing. That minorities receive representation, that things are normalized that should be normalized. People living their lives and doing what they want. That's good. All right, so I'm going to show Lance this, but this is the story I have not heard much about. Uh, all right, before the event, Sam Smith posts, this is going to be special, Grammys, and he shows a rehearsal picture. But look below it. You can't find this tweet now because they deleted it. CBS. CBS post, you can say that again, we are ready to worship. Dude, is this even real? Did they just make this screenshot up? I would not put it past them at all. If this is even real, it was a joke, okay? It's like Alex Jones coming out the other day and saying, if you want a deal in the industry, if you want to get a, like a big TV show with a big network, then you have to like dedicate yourself to lucifer or some other garbage they get you in a room and they say listen we want you to reject jesus christ and pledge yourself to lucifer and it was an off-record meeting with me when it happened it happened twice mark dice tells the story because it wasn't an off-record meeting it was with the largest um the largest reality tv show production company out there it's all garbage, all of it. It's all completely made up. These people are convinced that there's some cabal behind the scenes trying to force people to worship Satan. Seriously, like, give it a rest. Come back to reality with the rest of us, please. Ready to worship. What's interesting is the devil isn't, isn't bothering to hide. He's out coming out. And this was done on purpose. This wasn't like a celebration of Satan as much as it was a deliberate offense to religion. It wasn't a celebration of Satan or an offense to religion. The song is about doing something unholy, cheating on your spouse. How is that a, a worship or, or how is that a, an homage to Satan? How is that respecting Satan or insulting religion? This is all part of a new satanic panic. They live in a fantasy land which is why they, you know, CBS would use the worship, you know, uh, word.
This was done. If you read it, what um, Petra, I think her, his name is. Her name. The first trans woman to win the award. Her name. They have no moral bottom, do they? The guy is dressed like a girl and says, says he's a woman. I personally grew up wondering about religion and wanted to be part of it, but then slowly realized it just didn't want to be part of me. So because Christianity wasn't a first... Okay, is that even real? Is that a real quote? I don't trust a word out of these people's mouths, ever. And he wasn't affirming to his desire to be a woman. Uh, he decided, and Sam decided, they were going to poke at religion. This was done to troll us, to get us. It wasn't done to get anybody. It was a song about cheating on your spouse and how it's wrong. Are you kidding me? They have to be the perpetual victims in every situation, don't they? It's honestly kind of impressive how they turn everything around to be all about them. And all of that led to this event taking place with Sam Smith at Central Park. Just deeply disgusting. You belong in hell. Sam Smith belongs in hell. You demonic, twisted, sick bastard. Leave the kids alone, you sick Honestly, what did they do? They did nothing. Sam Smith did nothing wrong. Didn't even do anything about Satanism or whatever. Didn't do anything about nothing. He's just singing about a spouse cheating on their significant other. That's it. And in the background, while this woman is screaming about Sam Smith hurting the children, swearing at him, are children. In the background are children walking around hearing all of this. No joke she's yelling swears calling him a groomer and all this stuff which by the by in my opinion is the new f word for gay people the word groomer they feel they don't feel comfortable yelling that word out in public anymore so they yell groomer instead while she's yelling that at them there are actual kids in the background hearing this no moral bottom none Six. first record Sam Smith is a Groomer! the kids! You sick mother Sam Smith! You're evil! You know, I guess somebody yelled the Illuminati or something right at the end there. Sad, man. Honestly sad. Deeply, deeply sad. You've got to feel bad for them. They can't just live their lives, do their thing. It has to be like the center of a culture war. You can do absolutely nothing wrong, and the evangelical right will find a reason to hate you. Disturbing stuff, man. I feel for Sam Smith. I'm sorry. Just stick it out. Do your best. Don't worry about the rest. So that brings me to my first voicemail. I wanted to listen to this voicemail because this is actually about the Sam Smith situation in the song Unholy. Give this a listen. See what they have to say here. Hi, this is Felix from Illinois. I just recently saw a post from Pixel and Sophie on Instagram where they recently received death threats um, because they posted a video of their cats like lip syncing to uh, Unholy. And I just think this is absolutely crazy that the uh, evangelical extremists are literally going this far, this poor person. Uh, I just thought I would let you know about that crazy situation. Uh, thanks for all you do. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate it. Honestly, I remember hearing about this song, Unholy, like nonstop 
from evangelical nutter butters. Like I follow these evangelicals pretty closely. And this is like one of the central themes of their culture war right now. And I was like, my God, this guy must have been like straight up worshiping Satan in his song. Right. No, it's just about a guy committing adultery. And that's viewed as an unholy thing in the song. I don't I don't understand what they're so miffed about. Honestly, what are they so bent out of shape about? that they would be willing to send death threats to people and, and scream at Sam Smith like this. Holy sh- This is nuts. It's scary stuff, man. They will go to any length to ruin people's lives. It's really disturbing. I was on the receiving end of that a couple years ago. My, my kid's health teacher started talking about how evil atheists are in the classroom on class time with a captive audience, talking about how sick the trans community is, quote-unquote, and, and the gay community and all that stuff. And I reported the teacher to the school board and some other people, superintendent and all that. And they straight up like went full blown stochastic terrorism mode on me, like driving past my house, taking pictures through my windows at all hours of the night, 3 a.m., see a car sitting out front. Don't know if this nutcase has a gun or not. I mean, it was bad. These people are absolutely unhinged from reality and will do anything to wreck people's lives. It's disturbing stuff, man, for real. We need to find the people that are victim to this stuff, like Sam Smith, for example. I mean, Sam Smith is okay. They don't need our money here, but we need to find other victims of this stuff, other victims of libs of TikTok, for example, and donate. Start a GoFundMe for them or donate to their GoFundMe. Do whatever it takes to help them. They need help desperately. I have been there. If you hear of somebody suffering like this at the hands of terrorists, help them. Donate in some way, your time, your money, your whatever, because it's bad. Like I said, Sam Smith is okay. I think they have plenty of money. But yeah, we have to help the people who don't. Hey, Owen, this is Laura from Pennsylvania. Um, I was just wondering if you had seen the He Gets Us ad campaigns that ran during the Super Bowl. Um, I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that uh, and if you could do any some uh, digging for us. Uh, I'd really appreciate that. Love the show. Bye. Yeah, thanks for the voicemail. So if you guys didn't hear about this or you're watching this five years in the future or something, there's an ad campaign during the Super Bowl 2023 called the He Gets Us campaign. Now, I, I saw three videos specifically. There may have been more than that. I don't know. But the bottom line was it was showing people hugging and being close and loving each other and accepting each other and saying, this is what Jesus would do. He gets us. Jesus gets us, basically, is the point. And I thought it was a really good ad campaign, actually. It's fantastic. Here's the real problem. When Christians against Christian nationalism put out a religious message, the people that need to hear it the most tend to think that they're already doing the right thing. So it's not really enough for religious people who are against Christian nationalism to come out and spread a religious message. You need to direct it to the people that need it. You can't let them escape, right? Like Dolly Parton wrote a song not too long ago called don't make me have to come down there. It's supposed to be a prophecy she received from God, basically saying that God's going to come down here and whip us with his Bible belt if we don't get into shape. I'm dead serious. That's a line from it. Now, I can see that going one of two ways. Either she's on the left and wants the right to chill out, or she's on the right and she wants the left to chill out. It's not clear. I don't know. 
She needed to be less ambiguous because the right, the evangelical extremist right, the supposed prophets of God are claiming a victory because she released this song. They think that she was talking to the left, whether she actually was or not. Christian nationalists need to be called out directly by Christians, and Christians need to get real specific with who they're calling out because they will miss it otherwise. Anyway, let me know what you think about it. I thought that was pretty... I thought the ad campaign was pretty interesting. I think we need to see more stuff like that. Christians appealing to Christian nationalists and calling them out. Hey, Owen. Guy Young, Brookfield, Illinois. This uh, ties in with my last two calls, one about the Super Bowl Jesus ad and previously about... The- yeah, that was a super popular ad, apparently. I just talked about that a minute ago. The uh, religious ads popping up on YouTube around your uh, videos. And uh, it happened again, okay? I knew one about the balloon. There was another one, this one, uh, up, up, quote-unquote, pro-life one, where they cite, like, 90, or originally 96% of, uh, sci- of 5,500 scientists said that uh, life begins at fertilization. This must be a plan. Okay, that's probably Hobby Lobby one, too. Yeah, that's obviously a skewed statistic and completely nonsensical and untrustworthy. As the caller said, Guy, he said that this came from an ad that was being pushed on my channel. Unfortunately, I have very little control over which ads are played on my channel, and I'll explain why in just a second, but let's keep listening. This is uh, probably a plan over to flood the, uh, the atheists, okay? They got to know that uh, yours is an atheist show, and they got to know that atheists basically believe in pro-choice. In fact, I don't even think, I don't see how you can even call yourself a, a, an atheist and not, not be pro-choice. But uh, anyway, but it's interesting. Uh, maybe you can comment on that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can comment on that. So it's an interesting point that you brought up there about them advertising on my channel and stuff like that. Actually, the way that YouTube works is pretty revolutionary. The way that Google and YouTube first became popular and rich as a company or as companies is really unique. So back in the day, back in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, people, if they wanted to advertise, usually it was through radio or TV, right? And they were generalized ads. So anybody who's watching the TV show Lost or the TV show Survivor or I don't know, whatever other TV shows were on back then. Anybody watching those TV shows would get the same advertisement, whether it was a 12-year-old kid or an 85-year-old grandma, they would all see the Dodge truck advertisement, right? It may not appeal to everybody watching, but there's no other option. YouTube and Google's revolutionary technology came in when they started doing targeted advertising. This is how they got rich. They aren't advertising on my channel. They are advertising to my viewers. So when you watch a YouTube channel, YouTube records that and says, hey, we know that this channel is of a religious nature, talk about religious subjects and political subjects. They see that you watch, I don't, I have no idea who you watch. They see you watch David Pakman, for example, or Media Matters, or I don't know. There's a list of the top 10 channels that other people watch when watching me, actually. You know what? Let me just pull the uh, list up. Why not? On, I have four different YouTube channels, but on my main channel, from most watched to least watched channels my audience watches Midas Touch 
The Damage Report, David Pakman, The Young Turks, Rebel HQ, Fair and Balance, Telltale Fireside Chat, one of my other channels, TYT Investigates, Christo Avalis, Ivalis, I've never heard of them before, 281,000 subbies, Luke Beasley, uh, 56,000 subbies, The Majority Report, The Ring of Fire, Legal Eagle, Illuminati, Jesse Dolamore. Those are the top 15, I guess, YouTube channels. So they see that you watch, you know, The Majority Report, David Pakman, and Telltale, and Telltale Fireside Chat. And that means you are probably interested in political subjects. So they're going to serve you ads that are of a political nature, like pro-choice or pro-life ads. That's generally how it works. So they're not generalized ads like it used to be on TV. They are targeted, directed ads. And by doing targeted ads like that, they track the videos that you watch. So it's a little bit more invasive, but you're not watching stupid garbage that you wouldn't be interested in. You're watching things you have a vested interest in. Now, they may be getting it wrong. They may you know, be trying to sway you to be pro-life or pro-choice or whatever when you're very obviously the opposite. But you are interested in that subject. They know that for sure. And that basically increased the amount that ads pay out by a thousand times. So advertisers used to pay you know, a, a TV network, say, I don't know, 50 cents per 1,000 people that watched. And now they can pay $10 per thousand people that watch. I mean, it, it increased it dramatically. So much money moving through people's hands now because of targeted ads. I'm actually in favor of targeted ads. I think it's useful for everybody. It's a good thing for everybody. You're not watching useless garbage that won't apply to you, more than likely. Not as much as you would be otherwise, at the very least. And advertisers are paying more because they're getting more clicks. So anyway, that's that's how YouTube works. That's actually how Facebook works too, except instead of just tracking the videos that you watch and stuff, Facebook famously, it was revealed, tracks you from tab to tab. They watch the websites that you go to and gather data they're not supposed to be gathering, and then they sell that data to people they're not supposed to be selling it to. Dead serious. Anyway, yeah, a little lesson in how YouTube works. I thought it was pretty interesting. But yeah, thank you for the voicemail. I'm so tired of the founding fathers were Christian lie. Most of them were secular deists, yet Christians don't care about the facts. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know why? It's because of this guy, David Barton. You probably know him, but some people out there may not. David Barton is this Christian nutter butter who claims to be a constitutional scholar. He's not. He has a four-year degree, I think, in religious studies from Oral Roberts University from the 1970s. I probably have more education than he does. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. The guy is just a flat-out blatant liar, goes around towards the country claiming to be a constitutional scholar, and just fabricates things right out of the ether, claims that all of these people were religious when they were not, like claiming Thomas Jefferson was religious claiming that we got the idea for circuit judges from the Bible. Just made up. All of it's made up. All of it. Every last bit. A lot of it comes from David Barton. It's nuts, man. He's just a propagandist for the right and a blatant liar. The things that he says are simply untrue completely. Here you go. Here's a prime example of him just blatantly flat out lying about something, like just making it up. 
This one's from mid-October 2021. By the way, you guys have no idea how much work I put into making sure I have all of the dates correct on the, the clips I have. It's a lot of work. It's worth it in the end, I think. The northern states were very anti-slavery because they were very Bible-oriented. The southern states were very Christian-professing, but they didn't know much of the Bible, about the Bible, and they didn't read it much. They it's simply factually wrong. The southern states were ultra-religious nutcases. They were fanatics like David Barton, and they used the Bible to justify continuing to own slaves. It's hard to defeat the argument that they had. The Bible is in favor of slavery, plain and simple. How do you argue with that, aside from saying the Bible was wrong? They didn't read it much. They just professed to be Christians. It's just completely made up, like everything that he says. I mean, here's another prime example of this guy giving us propaganda, just flat-out blatant lies and propaganda from the right. Like I, like I said, he formulates a lot of the propagandistic framing that he gives to people or that the, the right uses against people. So say there's some religious activity in public. Maybe somebody wants to pray over their lunch at school and they're told they can't do that. And they say, well, you can't do that because of separation church and state. Nobody would ever say that. It's not illegal to pray over your lunch. Nobody would ever try to prevent anybody from praying over their lunch. Even teachers are allowed to pray over their lunch. Nobody has ever tried to stop anybody from praying over their lunch at school or anywhere else in America. Separation church and state. Is that what separation church and state really means? No, it's not. Church and state really means they will say yes. Here's the way you respond. No, they wouldn't. I, I assume that I'm they here. I'm saying no. Number one, where does that phrase come from? And when they say the Constitution, you say, would you please read it for me? Because when they go there, they'll never find it. it does not there is the Establishment Clause in the Constitution, the first sentence of the Constitution, the Establishment Clause, also known as separation of church and state. It's the phrase that we use to refer to the Establishment Clause. He's correct that those words aren't in there. They're used to refer to that section. Straight up propaganda. They'll never find it. It does not appear anywhere in the Constitution. And the second thing you do is, wait, we just read the Constitution. It says Congress shall make no law. How does a kid praying over their lunch mean the same as Congress making a law? Yeah, that's because the state is not allowed to favor one religion over another. That's what that Establishment Clause means. And teachers acting as a representative of the state are bound by that. They're not allowed to favor one religion over another. That's the point. You cannot favor one, right, one, one religion over another as a representative of the state. Now, this fabricated situation he's giving us has nothing to do with anything. Like, teachers are perfectly allowed to pray over their food if they want. Just completely made-up scenario. In a law... And the third thing you ask them is, and by the way, if praying over your lunch is so bad... It's not bad. Why did we do it for 180 years under the Constitution, and it's only been in recent years that we have not done that? No, we, we still do that. People still pray over their food. Did we just invent separation church and state? No, it's been there from the beginning, but we've twisted it to mean something that it doesn't mean. So anyway, that's, that's David Barton. He's a propagandist and a liar and twists things around to the best of his ability, and the right picks up on those things and uses those propaganda techniques to their benefit. It's disgusting, man. Next, we're going to talk about televangelist John Hagee's long history of claiming tragic events were God's judgment on humanity. We'll be right back after this. 
You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check me out on Patreon. You can also subscribe to my email list to keep up with what I'm doing and get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com. If the Ten Commandments were in the schools, there would not be condoms in the restrooms. Uh, There wouldn't be crime in the street, for you shall not steal. There shall not be murder, you shall not commit murder. This is John Hagee. He's a televangelist. If you haven't heard of him, he's actually really, really famous. He's been a televangelist for like decades and decades. I hadn't heard about him until fairly recently. Well, I wanted to review some of the really unhinged crazy stuff he's said over the years, because he's said some humdingers. For example, he said... Hitler existing was part of God's plan because the Jews should a bunch of anti insert anti-Semitic stuff here. I'll show you a little bit later. But the reason I want to talk about the guy in the first place is because he set up an opening prayer for a campaign event for a Republican presidential candidate running against Donald Trump. Now, back in 2009 was, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was when McCain was running against Obama. McCain actually distanced himself from John Hagee because he was so crazy. Hagee has always supported the Republican president, but not all Republican presidents wanted his support in the first place. Well, now the Republican candidates seem to be falling all over themselves to get his support. Deeply disturbing stuff. So let's talk about what he had to say at this campaign event and some of the crazier stuff he's said over the recent years. I believe that this is the prayer that he gave at Nikki Haley's campaign event. She's running against Donald Trump currently in the 2024 Republican primaries for president. Our father. Oh, God, that that humming is absolutely insufferable. I'm sorry, guys. Our father which art in heaven, creator of heaven and earth, the mighty God who calls the stars by name, who holds the seven seas in the palms of his hand, who breathed into dust on creation's morning, and man became a living soul. So yeah, that that's Nikki Haley's campaign event. She got him up there to pray to open it. Uh, you know, honestly, just praying at a political rally in the first place has all kinds of disturbing messed up you know implications behind it but to have this guy of all people there oh my god you you don't even know yet we haven't even covered the clips let's talk about it let's talk about some of the crazy stuff this guy has said we're gonna start with the least crazy and move to the absolute most crazy okay this is mid-may 2022 actually we're moving backwards in time chronologically check out what he had to say this is from the intro clip about the Ten Commandments. What would happen if America obeyed all of the Ten Commandments? Our schools would be teaching the Ten Commandments, not throwing them out the back door. Wait, so if schools had displays of the Ten Commandments, then they would be teaching them? I mean, not necessarily, but all right, let's entertain it for a second. There wouldn't be a critical race theory being taught. There would There is no critical race theory being taught. This is completely made up, okay? This is a culture war issue that they have successfully convinced gullible suckers is happening. Critical race theory does not exist in public schools. Honestly, do they, can they even define it? 
Nine times out of ten, when you talk to a Republican, they have no idea what critical race theory even is. Anything to do with race, that's what they'll usually say. There would be no transgender sex being taught. Uh, This is not being taught in schools. I don't even know what he's talking about. If the Ten Commandments were in the schools, there would not be condoms in the restrooms. Uh, Okay, now, I, I went to a high school, a public one, and I don't remember ever seeing condom dispensers in the high school restrooms. Did you guys ever see that? Let me know in the comments if you ever saw that. If that's, like, common, did I just miss it or what? Uh, There wouldn't be crime in the street, for you shall not steal. There shall not be murder. You shall not commit murder. He thinks that if they taught the Bible in school, there would be no crime or murder. Dead fucking serious. There would be no abortions because I assure you, in God's opinion, abortion is murder. You can't assure me that. You don't have a direct line to God, much as you want to convince everybody around you that you do. That's completely made up. Do you know that the Bible is actually favorable about abortion? I know I'm stopping every three seconds here, but I feel like I need to address the points that he's making right now because they're nonsense. Okay, there's this verse in the Bible, Numbers 5, 11 to 31. We're not going to read the entire thing. I just want to read a little snippet here. But this is an example of God and the Bible endorsing abortion, straight up endorsing it, saying you should get it done in certain cases. And what are those cases? If you suspect your wife's cheated on you, you should get her to or you should force her to have an abortion. Really, that's how the Bible is written. Let's just read a couple verses here, shall we? The test for an unfaithful wife. Then the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, if a man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him, so another man has relations with her, and and this is hidden from her husband, and her impurity is undetected, since there's no witness against her, and she's not been caught in the act, and if feelings of jealousy come over her husband, and he suspects his wife and she is impure, or if he's jealous and suspects her even though she's not impure, then he's to take his wife to the priest. He must also take an offering of a tenth of... uh, That's unrelated and unnecessary. The priest shall bring her and have her stand before the Lord. Then he shall take some holy water in a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor into the water. After the priest has had the woman stand before the Lord... He shall loosen her hair and place in her hands the reminder offering, the grain offering for jealousy, while he himself holds the bitter water that brings a curse. Then the priest shall put the woman under oath and say to her, If no other man has had relations with you, and you have not gone astray and become impure while married to your husband, may this bitter water that brings a curse not harm you. But if you have gone astray while married to your husband, and you have made yourself impure by having relations with a man other than your husband— Here the priest has put the woman under this curse. May the Lord cause you to become a curse among your people when he makes your womb miscarry and your abdomen swell. This water that brings a curse, enter your body so that your abdomen swells or your womb miscarry. So there you go. That is a pro-abortion message if I've ever heard one from the Bible. If your husband suspects you've cheated on, on him before, he's supposed to take you to the priest where the priest will perform an abortion. So tell me again, Hagee about you assuring me that God is opposed to abortion. Murder. There would be no abortions because I assure you, in God's opinion, abortion is murder. Dude just hasn't read the Bible, apparently.
The Bible is forbidden to be read in public schools. Pub- no, it isn't. People, anybody is perfectly allowed to read the Bible to their heart's content. Teachers are not allowed to force students to use the Bible as class material outside of a religion or comparative religions class or whatever. That's a little bit of nuance that he looked right over. To be read in public schools, public prayers would be forbidden. The Ten Commandments were stripped from the walls of Congress and schools and universities. The fact is that every crisis America is facing can be solved by obedience to the Ten Commandments. That's not an overreach. That's a fact. It's time for 65 million Christians in America to stand up and fight back and be counted. Vote the Bible. Vote the Bible. Vote the Bible. See, this is a clever little way that televangelists have found to sidestep the Johnson Amendment, which is which makes it against the law for nonprofit organizations to specifically endorse political campaigns or candidates or parties. They're not supposed to come out and say, I don't want you to vote for the candidate that this or that or whatever. I want you to vote for Donald Trump. I want you to vote for Nikki Haley or whoever else. They're not supposed to do that. And if they do, they, they're supposed to lose tax-exempt status. Unfortunately, the IRS has not been prosecuting those cases. They don't even care, seemingly. But this is the little sidestep they came up with before the IRS stopped giving a shit, they will talk about these political issues and they'll say, vote the Bible, vote for the candidate that supports these political issues. And they'll list all the political issues that Trump holds or that Nikki Haley holds or whoever other person, Ron DeSantis or whatever. Vote the Bible, vote the Bible, bring righteousness back to America. Let freedom ring. Can I get a witness? It's time for 65 million people to take our Bible-based convictions and drive this godless socialist ad- administration out of office. There is no godless socialist administration, unfortunately. That would be that sounds amazing, honestly. But yeah, we've never, to my knowledge, ever had a socialist or a godless president in office. Honestly, I don't think Trump believes in God. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think Trump uses religious people to his advantage and that's about as far as it goes so i in my opinion i think trump is as close as we've ever come to having an atheist president god look at how big his church is this is a lot of people dude tens of thousands of people there every sunday do it now righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach to any people give the lord praise in this house So, yeah, that's John Hagee. And that's a recent one, too. That's from 2022. Check this one out. 2015. We're just going back in time, baby. And it gets crazier and crazier as we go. He still holds all these views. He has not retracted anything. And he still repeats this kind of crazy stuff to this day. Check this one out. Late June 2015. The Supreme Court in Washington has handed down its its decision in a 5-4 ruling. Right. This was right after gay marriage was legalized. And can you guess what he had to say about it? Supporting same-sex marriage. 
but the Supreme Court in heaven has handed down its unanimous decision and a 3-0 ruling from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit recorded in the book of Genesis chapter 2, 24, stating, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Okay, interesting. What about all of the other verses that talk about group marriages? What about all of the famous patriarchs in the Bible that were married to like 16 different women? Is that one okay? That's not one man, one woman as far as I can tell, right? That's one man and one woman and one woman and one woman. But he's completely ignoring that nuance. You know why? Because he wants to discriminate against people that he doesn't like, plain and simple. Marriage is exclusively between a man and a woman. No, sorry, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't say that in the Bible either. Same-sex marriage will never be accepted in heaven as legitimate, so says God Almighty. This Supreme Court has made America the new Sodom and Gomorrah. God will have to judge America, or he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow, okay. Well, that's really interesting to me because uh, he obviously has not read the Bible at all. Earlier, he obviously hadn't read the Bible about abortion rights. God very clearly was in favor of abortion, right? And in this case, he hasn't read the Bible where it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah and the reason that they fell. Ezekiel 16, 49 and 50 says, Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore I did away with them as you have seen. Doesn't say anything about gay people. Matter of fact, he was planning on destroying Sodom and Gomorrah before any mention of like gay stuff that happened in the city. The reason Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed was because of their ill treatment of the poor, not because they had gay people in it. These preachers just make up pretexts for why they hate these people. They pick out who they don't like, gay people, uh, black people, whoever it is. They pick them out and they find a pretext to hate them in the Bible, even if they have to make one up, even if the Bible doesn't support their position in any way. They'll find that pretext anyways. Keep on going back. This one's 2014, mid-October. If you don't remember what was happening at this time, I think I was, what, God, I think I was in college at this time. There was a massive Ebola scare. Like, the Republican Party was convinced that everybody was about to catch Ebola because there was an epidemic happening in an African country at the time. And we were trying to help mitigate the effects and the damage and everything from the United States. And Republicans were using it as an attack on Obama. Like, oh, my God, we're all going to catch Ebola. Like, suddenly they cared about wearing masks and taking care of people around them and protecting them and social distancing and quarantining and the whole nine yards when Ebola wasn't even in the United States. I think there were a total of like two cases in the U.S. or something. And they were just losing their minds over it. Listen to what Hagee had to say about it. Uh, this is his son, by the by. This is Matthew Hagee, uh, John Hagee's son on the left. I want every American to hear this very clearly. Please. The prophet Joel says in the third chapter, I, God, will bring all nations, and hear that phrase, all nations includes America, into judgment. For they have divided up my land, the land of Israel, 
God says when any nation divides up the land of Israel, they are subject to judgment. So uh, this is the pretext that he's going to use moving forward for explaining why anything bad ever happens, because you're, you don't love Jesus enough. America is facing judgment for not being righteous enough. We removed the Ten Commandments from schools, and now there's murder, there's uh, theft, there are condoms in the restroom, there's CRT. Remember earlier? Now he's saying we aren't holy enough, we don't love Jesus enough, so God's going to bring judgment upon America in the form of Ebola. And dividing Jerusalem is dividing the land. Our president is, is dead set on dividing Jerusalem. That's completely made up. Like, Israel is a political train wreck and always has been and always will be. You know, there's nothing that can really fix that. There have been solutions proposed, solutions that Palestine wants, but solutions that Israel refuses to take, like 1967 borders, 1948 borders. There are a, a ton of solutions to this, two-state solutions that everybody wants but Israel, and they're just not going to take it. So that's not the president's fault. That's, that's Israel's fault. God is watching, and he will bring America into judgment. There are grounds to say judgment has already begun because he, the president, has been fighting to divide Jerusalem for years now. Obama wanted to make the Middle East a worse situation? Are you kidding me? We are now experiencing the crisis of Ebola. We have a crisis in our economy. No, to both of those things. No, the economy was actually getting a lot better at this time in 2014. It was recovering well after the 2008 financial crisis, the recession. And no, Ebola was not in the United States. We are worried on every hand that we're going to be attacked by radical Islam. And there are some very rational voices saying that's their ne we are their next target. Which rational voices? Tell me which ones. So th this is called using weasel words when you appeal to some ambiguous, amorphous authority that doesn't even exist. Some group of people out there that feels this way. People are saying, or I've heard from authorities, or rational people think that, blah, blah, blah. They're weasel words. And when you hear somebody use weasel words like that, you should be suspect at the very least. Keep listening here. Radical Islam. And there are some very rational voices saying that's their ne we are their next target. We are a nation that has a crisis of leadership we are in chaos and crisis. Anarchy is running our nation in Ferguson, Missouri. Dude, what kind of a fantasy land does this guy live in, honestly? Literally nothing that he's said. This entire time, this whole 20-minute segment so far has been true. Nothing. I don't think I've heard a single thing he said that was true. It's like he lives in a, a fever dream of his own creation where he's like the victim of everything. Like straight white men are the victims of everything and God is bringing judgment down on America. It's just crazy, dude. Oh, my God. Let's go back a little further. Late July 2013. Listen to this one. When you read books about witchcraft, throw Harry Potter in that. The occult 
horoscopes, Ouija boards. You're opening the gates of your mind to the prince of darkness, and he will invade. And once he gets invited in, he doesn't go out until he's cast out. I had the same experience with your mom. I've had parents explain to me, well, I let my teenager listen to rock music because that's all he'll listen to. Uh-oh, rock music. Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Satanic cyanides, wow. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. That's who we're dealing with, guys. I'm telling you. God, I'm so deeply entertained by this. I love it to death. It is hilarious. To listen to this guy say some of this stuff. Satanic cyanide. This is crazy. That isn't even the craziest one, okay? Not even close. Check this one out. In this one, he says Katrina is God's judgment on America. I don't know if you guys remember Hurricane Katrina. It was this massive hurricane that just destroyed New Orleans. It was a mess. And George Bush was like, he was the president at the time, nowhere to be found. He was like at his ranch in Texas or something. Didn't help, didn't contribute, didn't do anything. When he, he most definitely should have been. It was like a state of emergency. People were like underwater. They drowned in their attics because they went all the way up to the roof of their house to get away from the water and it flooded all the way. It was, a, it was bad. It was bad. An entire city in ruins practically. Listen to what he had to say about that. I believe that New Orleans had a level of sin that was offensive to God and they are uh, were recipients of the judgment of God for that. The newspaper carried the story uh, in our local area that was not carried nationally that there was to be a homosexual parade there on the Monday that the uh, Katrina came. And uh, is that even true? I don't know. I don't know. And aside from that, you know, there are six verses in the Bible total that even make mention of homosexuality. Out of the, I think, 32, 34,000 verses in the Bible, there are only a total of six that mention it at all. Three of them, or four maybe, can be thrown out completely because they're Old Testament from the old law. And as we know, Jesus came back, died for our sins, and fulfilled the old law. It's done away with. Doesn't matter what the old law said, we can safely ignore it. That's the same reason why you eat shellfish and pork and wear cotton and linen blends like polyester, because we've done away with the old law. Now, regarding the other two verses, it could be argued reasonably that those verses weren't talking about long-term gay relationships. They were talking about something completely different that was understood at the time as something other than what we understand today. So since there's a little disambiguation, a little confusion about what it means, I figure we can look to Jesus to see how we should feel about the gay community, right? If we just look to what Jesus said about the gay community, maybe we can get to the bottom of it. Except Jesus didn't say a fucking word about the gay community, okay? He didn't care. You're presumably, he was God's son. He knew that his words were going to be dissected for the next 2,000 years. He knew that millions and millions, nay, billions maybe, would read his words over and over and over again and try to understand the point that he's trying to communicate. And he didn't think it was a good idea to put something in about gay people if he really did have a problem with them. Isn't that interesting? I simply reject 
the the notion that Christianity should doctrinally have a problem with the LGBT community. I'm sorry. I reject it. The burden is on you to prove otherwise. I'll look to Jesus' words for my interpretations. Uh, Katrina came, and uh, the promise of that parade was that it was going to reach a level of sexuality never demonstrated before in any of the other gay pride uh, parades. So I just completely fabricate. He's just looking for a reason to hate the LGBT community, of course. I believe that the judgment of God is a very real thing. I know that there are people who uh, demure from that, but I believe that the Bible teaches that when you violate the law of God... Look, I don't care what you believe about the Bible. All right, there are solid facts to be had here. There's an objective empirical analysis to be had. Did Jesus speak negatively about the LGBT community? This whole religion is based on Jesus and his words, right? Did Jesus speak negatively about them? The answer is no. Jesus didn't give a shit, okay? Thus, I don't give a shit. I wouldn't give a shit anyways. I'm just saying you shouldn't either. This isn't like a believe thing, okay? There is objective information to be had. He's just looking for a reason to hate the LGBT community. That the Bible teaches that when you violate the law of God, that God brings punishment sometimes before the day of judgment. And I believe that the, the Hurricane Katrina was in fact uh, the judgment of God against the city of New Orleans. So anyway, that's John Hagee, absolutely depraved in my opinion. Terrible, terrible person. And he's opening political rallies with a prayer for Nikki Haley. Now, what are Nikki Haley's chances of winning? Slim to none. But let's cover a couple facts. Usually, when somebody is chosen as a vice president, they come from the pool of political candidates that ran alongside or ran against the others in that field. So commonly with Republicans and Democrats, a vice president pick will come from your competitors in the primary. Not always, but commonly. She's probably aiming to become somebody's vice president. So that's fact number one to, to mull around. Fact number two, Donald Trump is actually in favor of her coming in because he knows that it splits the field. Ron DeSantis will have a harder time beating him in the primaries the more people are running in the race. So she's not a nobody. She has influence, particularly in this specific election in 2024. And we should take this seriously. We should not dismiss this. I don't know. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. I think it's fascinating, and I'm interested to see what happens. And I absolutely think this dude is disgusting. Next, we're going to talk about Roseanne Barr being rehabilitated by Fox News. She's a QAnon nutter butter with a massive platform again. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check me out on Patreon. You can also subscribe to my email list to keep up with what I'm doing and get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com. No concept of reality. They've been living in a bubble forever. Asking questions have nothing to do with the real world. What is my gender, mom? What is my gender? Your gender is get a job. That's your gender. 
What are they thinking? Yeah, so this is Roseanne Barr. I don't know if you guys remember her. She was super famous back in like the 80s and the 90s. I actually watched her TV show, Roseanne. It was entertaining as hell at the time, anyways. She has gone full-blown right-wing nutter butter city. Seriously. Oh, my God. She's being rehabilitated by Fox News right now. She got a comedy special with Fox Nation. So I want to talk about what she did to get canceled, quote-unquote, in the first place. Let's talk about the accountability that she was forced to face and why it's wrong for Fox News to try to rehabilitate her in the first place. Or I guess Fox Nation. I a subsidiary of Fox Corporation, anyways. I don't know what it is exactly. Just watch a little bit more of this clip from the special that she did for Fox Nation, and then we're going to go back in time and look at some of the really messed up stuff she said. What are they thinking? Ask, what is a woman? They don't know that? No, people know. People are pretty clear on this one. No, never really been a problem. This question, what is a woman, was just popularized by a right-wing bomb thrower named Marsha Blackburn, I think. And then Matt Walsh, another right-wing bomb thrower, works with the Daily Wire, did a documentary or something called What is a Woman? It's just ridiculous garbage. Nobody's ever had a problem defining woman. I mean, defining anything to a high degree can be difficult. Like, for example, what is an apple? You could say an apple is a, a red fruit with a stem. Okay, well, there are green apples, so that doesn't really cover it. Okay, an apple is a fruit with a skin on the outside and a stem. All right, but pears have the exact same layout, so you still haven't gotten to the bottom of what an apple is. I mean, you can break this down as deep as you want to, and you can never really define what an apple is. That's the nature of words. They fail us sometimes. So no one ever really had a problem defining what a woman is. We all know exactly what a woman is. And it's always fit within the same definition that we have today by and large. It's anybody that presents as somebody with traits commonly associated with the female gender, basically, is what it is, as far as I'm concerned. That's a, a fine definition in my mind. But who is asking what is a woman? It's always people on the far right. Matt Walsh made a whole documentary about what a woman is. Is he really that curious? Can he not figure it out? Everybody else knows exactly what a woman is. But they use this as some kind of a, a gotcha talking point. No, we know exactly what a woman is. Always have. Know that? That one they're asking all the time, what is a woman? No one's asking that but you. I'll tell you what a woman is. A woman is me. <laughs> Okay. That's what a woman is, okay? A woman is someone who cleans up everybody else's shit. That's what a woman is. Okay, well, I've cleaned up other people's shit, so am I a woman? A woman is somebody whose boobs hang down to her knees with a prolapsed uterus from giving birth to five ungrateful little privileged Dude, I, my face cannot get any more shocked. This is disturbing. What the hell is happening? This is devolving into nonsense all of a sudden. I'm giving birth to five ungrateful little privileged never had to work for anything in their whole damn life. 
Okay, so uh, my wife is like 28 or something. Um, nothing about that applies to her. She has never had any kids. Is she not a woman? It, by Rosie, I'm sorry, God, I keep thinking Rosie O'Donnell. By Roseanne Barr's definition? If she's going to act like this and, and take everything so seriously, I am too. <laughs> My pronouns are kiss my Oh, hilarious. This is the exact joke that Ted Cruz told at CPAC, maybe? I don't remember where. Such a vapid, stupid joke, honestly. Like, has anybody who isn't on the far right, who isn't a far right nutcase, ever actually laughed at that joke? It doesn't seem like a funny joke to me. And isn't she stealing jokes right now? Isn't that what she's doing? That's, like, seriously frowned upon in the in, in comedy circles. You're not supposed to steal jokes. That's like a grave sin. Joe Rogan should like go after her hard for stealing this joke. He went after somebody a while back, uh, Carlos Mencia. Joe Rogan went after Carlos Mencia back in, I think, 2008 for stealing jokes from people. That's a big fucking deal, seriously. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, Rosie O'Donnell. She's been doing a tour around various different Fox News hosts and Fox News shows. This is her on Jesse Waters. Check this one out. Mid-February 2023, she's explaining how she came to get a special on Fox in the first place. Tell us about your special. It's on Fox Nation now, Roseanne. Well, Fox uh, Nation came to me with a contract saying, we'd love you to do an hour of comedy. And I was shocked. I was so happy. But they said, no uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, anti-Semitism, or transphobia. I go, there goes my whole F and F. Okay, I doubt it. I doubt they said any of that. That that, that That's completely ridiculous. And we heard a bunch of transphobia in there. It was like beginning to end all transphobia, right? So, yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't believe that at all. But aside from that, why is she taking pride in the fact that she's racist and sexist and homophobic and transphobic. She is labeling herself, okay, self-ascribing these qualities. She's saying, yes, I am racist and I take pride in it. I will not perform at an event unless I can be racist. That's what she's saying right now, right? Am I missing something? And they, <laughs> they said, and you can't say the F word neither. But then my lawyers. Okay, which F word are we talking? We're talking the fuck word or are we talking the F word for gay people? Because uh, it's honestly up in the air at this point. I can't tell which word she wanted to say. Then you can't say the F word neither. But then my lawyers were able to go back time a few times and wrangle the right for me to say the F word three times. And so I was <laughs> able to do that. And it's the most offensive I've ever been in my life. Ooh. She's taking pride in being racist and sexist and homophobic. She's enjoying this. She wants to be more hateful. It's not about offense. Like, I'm not offended by any of this. Nobody is offended by this. This is just grotesque. You're just proud of being racist, really? Like, what a terrible human being, right? Is it just me? After getting canceled, me and all my friends who got canceled in the cancel culture, which really sucks, we said, hey, if we ever get the chance, we made a deal. If we ever get the chance to come back, we're going to be even worse than we ever were. And I am more offensive than <laughs> I've ever been because that's what it's going to take in this country 
to bring them down, bring down the most offensive people who are doing everything wrong. We got to laugh them to scorn, and that's what I try to do in my stand-up special. And thank you for having me. Well, on. you're welcome. And I feel like the Eagles were canceled, but they'll be back. What the Eagle? The hell is this guy even talking about? This is absolutely disgusting, right? Is it just me? To take in this country to bring them down. To bring them down. Who? Who is after you, Roseanne? Are they in the room with us right now? Can you see them? Do they talk to you when no one else is around? This is sad, man. I mean, let's talk about why she was, quote unquote, canceled in the first place, okay? Now, there's a difference between being canceled and facing accountability, in my opinion. She's acting like cancel culture is, you know, all over the country and making a mess out of everything. I simply disagree, okay? Facing accountability for something is not the same as unjustifiably being canceled from the public eye. Like, there are, I suppose, legitimate cases of people being canceled for things that maybe they didn't deserve. There are examples of people being whose rep reputations are destroyed unjustifiably, like entirely too much, more than they should be. But facing accountability and that are two different things. So you know what? Let's find out what Roseanne did. Let's talk about what got her canceled in the first place. Quote unquote canceled. I didn't have this pulled up immediately. I just had to Google it. So I typed in Roseanne, Planet of the Apes. Just knowing that information alone should tell you exactly what was said. This is on CNBC.com, written May 29th, 2018. That's when she was canceled. Actress Roseanne Barr apologized Tuesday for a tweet comparing Valerie Jarrett, a black former senior advisor to President Barack Obama, to an ape. I apologize to Valerie Jarrett and to all Americans, Barr wrote on Twitter. I am truly sorry for making a bad joke about her politics and her looks. I should have known better. Forgive me. My joke was in bad taste. ABC, which broadcast Barr's sitcom Roseanne, canceled the show later Tuesday, citing her tweet, calling it abhorrent, repugnant, and inconsistent with our values. Here's the thing. I've never woken up one morning and thought to myself, oh my God, I hope I didn't say some really racist shit on Twitter last night. That's never happened to me. I've never worried about it in my life. You know why? Because it's not in my heart. I don't have racism in my heart. It's not there. Okay, now I can plausibly see myself saying something that's, that inadvertently hurts a marginalized community. I don't know of a time I've ever done that, but I can see that happening at some point, I suppose. If that happens, I will apologize and make amends to the best of my ability and move on with my life. Is that what Roseanne did? Well, she gave us a fake apology after finding out her show is going to be canceled, but she went on to get even worse, obviously. We were just listening to her on Jesse Waters' program say she is going to be more racist and more offensive than she has ever been out of retaliation. Would you, if you got called out for being racist, would you then be even more racist when given an, a platform again? Seriously. What's knocking around in this head? The tweet, which has since been removed from her feed, said, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby, equals Valerie Jarrett, referring to Jarrett. Here's a screenshot of the tweet taken before it was deleted. Critics immediately slammed Barr's remark as racist, likening black people to apes is an attack commonly used by racists. The Muslim Brotherhood, meanwhile, is an Islamist political group. 
In an earlier tweet, the actress appeared to defend her statement. Islam is not a race, lefties. Islam includes every race of people, she wrote. She just has no idea, seemingly. She's just, it's gone. There's no connection to reality here for her. So anyways, uh, it got worse. She tweeted even more ugly stuff, and the, the supposed apologies she gave didn't fix anything. They made it even worse, surprisingly. And after she was canceled, she did a right-wing, a far right-wing media tour. She's a full-blown QAnoner now. So let's talk about what she's been up to since she was canceled. To do so, I have to introduce you to a guy named Larry Gators. This is a pastor, and he's a full-blown QAnoner. Let me give you an idea of some of the things that he believes so that you can get an idea of what Roseanne believes because they're connected to each other. Listen to this, mid-May 2021. Tom Hanks is dead. Newsflash. <laughs> Tom Hanks is dead. That's right. Dead. Joe Biden is dead. Yes. Okay. Come on. He took the the shot. Clintons are dead. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You've got clones running this country. Right. See, I got the testicular fortitude to say what needs to be said. Why? Because I'm a man of God. In no way, no stretch of the imagination is this guy, quote unquote, saying what needs to be said. No stretch of the imagination is he accurate in anything he's saying. And honestly, I don't even know that I'd call him a man of God. Like, he's just completely full of it, dude. Clones running this country? Tom Hanks and Biden are dead? What? This is unhinged stuff. Amen. You have to. Truth. Truth you got these pumpified pre. Well, I, I, I don't want to lose my 501c3. Oh, bitches, so on. we have to use wisdom. Stop. Okay. You need to sit down and shut up. Yes. That's right. Oh. That's right. That's okay. Right. Yeah. So these two, this is Francine Fosdick. And I think this is Dan Fosdick. I don't remember his name. Anyway, they're husband and wife. And they run a conference called Patriots Arise every year. They had some. Republican gubernatorial candidates, some governor candidates at this last one. Doug Mastriano is one of them. They've had a whole bunch of Republican candidates for different offices at their QAnon conference. Again, full-blown QAnoners, all, everybody in this live stream. Okay, exactly. so exactly. Trump is surrounded by the military mm -hmm. at Mar-a-Lago. Trump is, okay, this is long after Trump left office and Biden was inaugurated. They believe Trump is surrounded by the military and controls the u.s government apparently yes that's trump right. has the nuclear codes that's right trump has the military who turned their back on joe biden that's right, right. he is so cringy that's right and trump has air force one patriots QAnons. president trump is still the president Oh, my God, it's so bad. OK, well, if he's still a president, then you shouldn't have anything to complain about with how the you know, country is being run. Right. Trump is actually pulling strings behind the scenes. It's not Joe Biden. So everything should be working out exactly as you want it to. Is that correct? So let me tell you why I'm talking about Larry Gators. Roseanne made an appearance on this guy's TV show or whatever. Seriously. And it got just as unhinged. Mid-July 2021. Check out what she had to say on his show. You know what God told me? He said, I want, Roseanne, calm down yes. because I have a mission for you. I said, what yes. is it, Lord? You That's know right. I'll do it. If I have proved that to you by now, That's even right. if it gets me fired and in trouble, you know I'll do it if you put yes. it 
rightly to me. Oh, okay. So God told her to tweet about Obama's black staff member being like an ape. Is that what she's trying to say? Is she saying God wanted her to tweet about that? All right, go on. Rightly to me, you've seen that. So right. it says, yes, Roseanne, I do. I have something I want you to do. I want you yes. to tell people that I am mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. He said, that's you right. tell them, Roseanne, Angry. that's what I have to say to him right now. Okay, that's actually, I found out, uh, some people in my chat told me this, like, one time when I played this before years ago, that that is actually a quote from a movie called Network back in, I think it's from the 1970s or something. I didn't know God was such a cinema connoisseur. I would have had no idea about that movie if my chatters hadn't told me. And God is right on top of these old movies, right? Super interesting that he wants Roseanne to quote old movies. And if they can't figure out why, at least tune in to what? Yeah, that didn't make any sense at all. Look at this dude cheesing. I can't think of a better word to describe what he's doing right now than cheesing, right? Isn't this a, a cheesing moment right here? See what is happening right in front of your eyes, and Roseanne right. will then explain it, as will Dr. Uh, Bishop Larry will explain yes, why. Okay, explain then. Explain it to us. No, she's not going to explain it. She's going to go on to tell us why she's the victim of everything. If you're yes. any kind of conservative like me, they blacklist yes. you. They yes. have blacklisted me for years because I oh. wanted to talk about, you know, the things that ain't right. Yeah. Uh, no, they blacklisted you, Roseanne, because you tweeted about a black staff member being like an ape. Dead serious. It does not get more depraved than this. Is it just me? This is simply disgusting. And she's trying to frame this up like she is the victim. She literally went she went on a racist tirade on Twitter about this poor woman and got called out for it and got her show canceled for it and is doubling and tripling, quadrupling down right now, pretending that she's the victim of the situation. She literally victimized somebody and she's claiming she is the victim. Yes. And they don't want to hear it. They're censors, just like all the rest of them. Fascist censors on the left and the right. Listen, anybody that is not going to let me speak, That's I'd... right. Fuck them. Just fuck them. Okay, no one is stopping her from speaking. She still has a platform or whatever. Like, she's still super giga famous. She's still allowed to go on Twitter and talk about whatever she wants. It's just, if you want to talk about racism, then you're going to get called out for it. This is called accountability. She's complaining about accountability right now. This is not censorship. This is accountability. There's a difference. Still perfectly allowed to say whatever you want. Just be aware that people don't like it when you throw racist tropes at people like that. She claimed that she was Ambien tweeting the next morning after that. And uh, Ambien came out and said, yeah, racism is not a side effect of our medicine. So, <laughs> you know, I've taken plenty of medicine before. And I, you know, racism has never been a side effect of any medicine I've ever taken, to my knowledge. Early February 2023. This video is so, it's a little bit more recent, obviously. Should give you an idea of where her head is at more generally. Check this one out. Um, you know, and, and it's a, a big culture of 
uh, mind control too. M She's talking about Hollywood. Uh, mind control too. MK Ultra mind control rules. Oh boy, we've entered conspiracy land now. MK Ultra is a huge subject of conspiracy theorists. In Hollywood, if if you don't know, Google that and look into it. Well, we've talked about Operation Mockingbird, MK, my, MK Ultra mind control stuff from, I mean, this goes back decades and decades. But Oh my God. Okay, if you don't know what these are, this is all conspiracy theory stuff. There are, there were government programs a long time ago, like, I don't know, 50 years ago or something. She says this goes back decades and decades. What she meant to say is that this program is 50 years old. This happened 50 years ago. This thing took place 50 years ago. Not this has been happening for decades and decades. What she meant to say was this took place 50 years ago. There is a difference between the two. MK Ultra was a government study that they were doing into mind control, trying to do, you know, hypnosis and controlling people more generally. I, to my knowledge, it didn't go anywhere. I think if it did go somewhere, then it would still be classified. But they declassified this stuff like forever ago, didn't they? The other thing she mentioned, Operation Mockingbird, that's also been declassified like decades ago. Because it, they no longer felt it needed to be protected. It wasn't protected information anymore. Operation Mockingbird, I think, was, what, the CIA or just the government in general? It was their attempt to, like, control what newspapers had to say. Stuff like that. So, yeah, this is all old conspiracy theory garbage that they're repeating. They like to talk about Operation Paperclip and, all, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Decades, But, Roseanne, I mean... Do you know people have been blacklisted? I mean, is it just kind of a self-censorship in Hollywood, or do people actually get edged out if they are too much against the grain? Um, yeah, it's self-censorship after a while, but it's not just a crazy self-censorship. It's self-censorship because it, it, there, there's actually a danger that you will never work again. And uh, people know it. They, they, everybody has friends that it happened to, that maybe you said too much or maybe you were too vocal on... On, uh, on. Well, yeah, sure. I, I can see that. Comparing a black person to an ape, yeah, maybe a little too vocal. Maybe keep that in your head rather than spreading that around to the people around you. And next time you won't have to worry about having your show canceled. Seriously, that's not even the worst of what she said, obviously on uh, unpopular issues and it's funny because it doesn't matter if two years later i find this a lot that two years later those unpopular issues become very mainstream they it's mainstream to call black people apes is what you're saying roseanne you think it's mainstream to do that okay um, very mainstream they still don't forgive the first person who does it and uh, that's kind of been my story there when you're first you're, um, you know, going to be vilified despite the fact that two years later everybody's saying what you said. You're still going to be vilified because you dared. Such a victim, huh? Poor person. Such a victim. She's a martyr. She works hard. And she was canceled for calling a black person an ape. This poor person, huh? And then, you know, not to mention all the anti-trans stuff she said. Again, she revels in this. She's proud of it. She's glad to do it. She thinks it's good. She wants to do it more. Remember? And it's the most offensive I've ever been in my life. Ooh. After getting canceled, me and all my friends who got canceled. She is proud of this. 
She wants to be racist. She wants to be sexist and homophobic and transphobic. She wants to be hateful. We'd love you to do an hour of comedy. And I was shocked. I was so happy. But they said, no uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, anti-Semitism or transphobia. I go there. She's proud of this stuff. Anti-Semitism. She's proud of anti-Semitism. She's proud of transphobia. She's proud of homophobia and racism and hatred. She's proud of it. She deserved to be canceled. This was not a cancellation. It was being held accountable. And she should remain in the depths of society, never to have a platform again, in my opinion. Now, does that mean she should be put in jail for her speech? No. That would be a violation of her freedom of speech. But she doesn't have a right to a platform. And as far as I'm concerned, Fox, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, they should all reject her, as far as I'm concerned. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Rick Scarborough telling his congregation he's willing to burn before he accepts gay marriage, with all the implications that come along with it. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check me out on Patreon. You can also subscribe to my email list to keep up with what I'm doing and get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com. Some interesting facts about Santa to consider. First, his name is spelled with the exact same letters that spell Satan. Coincidence? This is a guy named Rick Scarborough. He's a pastor, a televangelist, megachurch pastor, the whole nine yards. Now, he's in the process of attempting to take over school boards at this immediate moment. So I felt compelled to talk about who he is, what he believes, some of the messed up stuff he's said and kind of lay out his plan for what he intends to do with the school boards and how he intends to take them over. This one is bound to be interesting. Trust me on that. Listen to the rest of this. This is actually from late December 2020. He was railing against Christmas. Oh my God, this guy hates Christmas. He's the biggest Grinch alive. Coincidence? Perhaps. Except I do not believe that anything with God is accidental or coincidental. Perhaps you're thinking, well, preacher, you're way up too tight about this. Well, yeah, yeah, I would say so a little bit. Yes. Well, just continue to listen and let's think it through. Secondly, Santa is given all the attributes of God. He is omniscient. He knows everything that every child is doing. He's omnipresent, allowing him to be in every store simultaneously around the world in a single night. Every store? Did he mean every child's home? Yeah, I'll give you this. Santa's supposed to have special powers to do this or that. But guess what? It's just fun, man. Why are you coming in and trying to wreck everybody's fun and enjoyment? Come on. And he's omnipotent. There's no toy that he cannot create and provide out of thin air if he decides the child is worthy of it. The only problem with this is it's all a lie. And that allows for a transition to the most indicting part of the Santa myth. The entire case for Santa is built upon a works foundation. Okay, so this I found particularly interesting. If you're not familiar with this kind of battle within religious circles, there's a battle taking place between religions or denominations of Christianity that believe the Bible endorses a works-based system and those that believe it endorses a faith-based system. So there are two different verses in the Bible. One says... Faith without works is dead. You must 
knock on doors and spread the word in Jehovah's Witnesses case, or you must not sin, or you must confess your sins to God in time before you die, or you won't make it to heaven, that kind of thing. You have to actually take actions other than getting baptized or born again or whatever to be saved by God. That's the works-based system. The faith-based system is one where you just get baptized, you get born again, and that's it. The verse that justifies this position is in James, I think. It basically says, man is saved through grace and grace alone, so no man can boast about his good deeds or something to that effect. And the problem is usually when there's this conflict in the Bible, preachers will take the latest thing, the latest verse, the one written most recently as canon, because they think, you know, I, I guess God changed his mind and set the record straight or something. Who knows how they justify that? Only those two verses were written at the exact same time. There is no time difference between them. So there's a huge battle between faith-based and works-based systems. Now, this guy is apparently all for a faith-based system, not a works-based system. Listen to that little line he said one more time. The entire case for Santa is built upon a works foundation. He's keeping a list of who's naughty and nice, and he checks it twice. This guy's so cringy. That sounds like capitalism, right? You work for the things that you earn. You don't just get to sit on your ass and collect things for free without a payment or a consequence of some sort. This guy sounds like he's a communist or a socialist to me. <laughs> you know, I should probably say right here, I'm joking. I don't want it to be uh, misconstrued or anything. Just ridiculous, dude. He's a hardcore, deep Republican, too. Oh, my God. You can hear this guy screaming about communism from a mile away. Well, let me give you a, a, a clearer idea of the things that this guy believes, because, again, He's trying to take over school boards right now. He's going to lay out his plan for taking over school boards in a few minutes, and we're going to listen to some of that. But let's establish what he believes first. Number one, he hates Santa. Also, before we listen to this, uh, he's about to talk about something called grids. This is the evangelical version of AIDS. It stands for gay-related immunodeficiency or something like that. It's just a homophobic, hateful phrase for AIDS or HIV. It was never used in the scientific community at any point, to my knowledge. Yes, it, it did affect, I mean, AIDS affected the gay community more heavily than any other, but it affected everybody, actually. Unfortunately, people like Rick Scarborough, like the guy we're listening to right now, believe that AIDS was God's judgment on mankind for sinning. Listen to this. The AIDS epidemic was still being called GRIDS in 1992, and I had been researching that new epidemic because I believed, as I do today, and rest assured, if I'm being monitored, as I often am when I speak... No way. You stand on a public platform and say things to an audience, and you, you're surprised you're being monitored? This is the only thing they'll carry on the website, People for the American Way, from this speech. People for the American Way is a nonprofit that follows people like this. Right Wing Watch is actually a subsidiary or like an offshoot of it or whatever. That's who he's talking about, Right Wing Watch. This speech. I believe that grids was God's judgment on a sinful generation. I mean, I don't apologize for that. Is it an unforgivable sin? Of course not. 
In fact, I believe God would probably give us the cure for AIDS today if we put our foot down and said, we no longer tolerate this. We're not going to fund it with health care. We're going to hold you accountable. I believe if we started repenting across this country, some sharp, probably Christian or Jewish researcher would find the AIDS cure. God's God. By the way, you, you see a lot of cuts in here. I didn't cut anything out. I just cut out dead silence because I didn't want, you know, all that dead silence in there. So you're not missing any actual words here. That's disgusting, dude. This guy is straight up saying AIDS is God's judgment on America. And if we repented for being accepting of the LGBT community, then God would release the cure. And of course, the good Christians or Jews, apparently those are the only two scientists that are allowed to discover anything of interest. Some Christian or Jewish, you know, scientist would, I'm sure in his mind, withhold the cure from the LGBT community because it's supposed to go to good Christians, right? Absolutely grotesque, man. Cure. God's God's a God of grace. They may find it in any way. But you know what? Be not deceived. God isn't mocked. Whatever man sows, he's going to reap. Just disgusting, dude. Does it get more depraved than this? This is all the way in 2015, okay? I knew preachers were saying this back in the, the 90s and early 2000s. But to believe this and say it so openly from a pulpit in 2015... This dude, this is just depraved stuff, man. Straight up depraved stuff. Unfortunately, it gets worse. This is his brand new video. Mid-February 2023 is when this came out. Look at just this screen right here. Save our schools, save our children. Make a difference in your community. You know where this is going to start. This is going to begin with fear-mongering garbage about people coming after our children. Just look around. Perverted teachers have infiltrated our public schools and are brainwashing our children with critical race theory, lies about America, filling their young minds with hatred for their country. It was completely made up. Nobody is filling anybody's anything with hatred of the country. Nobody is, quote unquote, infiltrating anything. Infiltration implies intent, like they're trying to get in there to ruin things intentionally just because they don't like America or something. This is like new levels of delusion right here. These teachers are also normalizing immoral and abnormal sex, normalizing our children with pornographic materials. These godless educrats who rule the Texas education system are teaching our children that what God has told us about morality and gender is all wrong. Our children are being groomed by homosexuals and the trans perverts to be recruited into their evil lifestyles. This is obviously all completely made up. And you notice the use of the word groomed there. In my opinion, that word is the new F word for gay people. I honestly think that, it, I mean, it's being used as a slur here. I honestly don't think anybody should be using it. Unfortunately, people like Rick Scarborough, Pastor Rick Scarborough, are currently right now using it. So we have to use it to refer back to what he's saying and things. But I'm hoping that in 10, 15 years, that word is going to be just as much of a slur as the F word is for gay people right now. These children starting in pre-K are being taught that evil is good and good is evil. Are these books even real? Did he make any of these? I've never heard of any of these books. And being gay, by the way, is not sexualizing anything. It's not about sexuality. When you see a, lit, uh, you know, a, a movie with 
a little boy and a little girl, and the little boy writes the little girl a love note, say eight years old each. And the little girl says, oh, yes, I will be your girlfriend, and kisses him on the cheek or whatever. Is that sexualizing kids? Of course not. That's just portraying a normal relationship. It's portraying normal human interactions. The only reason that they view this as, you know, sexualizing or whatever, when you you when they portray a kid as being gay, is because they're absolutely obsessed with hating homosexuality or hating gay people or whatever. That's it. That's all there is to it. They're obsessed with hating this. Again, are these books even real? The Gay BCs? I got to look this up. I mean, when was this even written? 2021, apparently, is when it was published. The perfect way to teach your kiddos LGBT vocab while celebrating the beauty of embracing yourself and others. Now in board book format, a joyful alphabet book of LGBTQ vocabulary for kids of all ages, a play date extravaganza transforms into a joyful celebration of friendship, love, and identity as four young friends sashay out all of the closets, dress up in the wardrobe fit for kings and queens, and discover the wonders of their imagination. The gay BCs, Webb's playful illustrations and lively poems, delight in the beauty of embracing one's truest self. From A is for arrow and ace, to F is for family, to T is for trans. So it sounds like it's the kind of book that somebody would get for a kid who just came out as gay, or who has a friend that came out as gay. And it helps people, you know, come together and learn who they are and, and learn to learn the vocabulary, basically. It doesn't sound to me like it's for three-year-olds. It sounds like it's for, you know, eight to ten-year-olds who are unfamiliar with the vocabulary that's commonly used. And this guy is absolutely melting down and calling them perverts and groomers and all this other stuff simply because they want to be more inclusive and find ways to connect with their friends better. I mean, I don't know what any of this stuff is. It, it, it's all really weird. It's depicted in an odd way. I'm probably going to have to cut some of this out. It may be inappropriate, but where's any of this even from? Like, is this even for children, any of this? This is all confusing and weird. I have no idea what he's talking about. Good is evil, but they're not being taught how to read, write, or learn math proficiently. Now wicked drag queens are being given access to perform for our children in public schools and libraries. Okay, drag queens are not trans people, FYI. This is pure theater. It's just theater. That's it. He seems to have some bizarre fixation on drag queens and and honestly on the trans community and, and the LGBT community more generally. Like, why can't you just let people live their fucking lives? They're not forcing your kid to go to any of these events. Why do you care? You know, kids start exploring relationships with other kids at eight years old or something like that. Why is it such a problem if a kid, an eight-year-old kid discovers that he really likes hanging around the boys instead of the girls or vice versa? Why is that any of your business? What is your obsession with this? Unfortunately, this guy's had an obsession with it since the 90s. He is absolutely dead set on making sure the LGBT community is never accepted by society, and he saw the trans panic rising up in society right now, this moral panic happening, and he said to himself, now's my opportunity. Although, to be fair, he's been doing this this entire time anyway. Schools and libraries, grooming them for pet 
It is time to stop this madness. And I'm standing here to say I'm committed to lead the way. I'm pledging to you that with God's help, I will end this demonic assault on our school children in Texas. Absolutely disgusting, dude. It doesn't get more disgusting than that, in my opinion. Although it gets pretty bad. There's more. Mid-June 2015, he calls into this radio show, I think is what this is. Or maybe this is on his podcast. I don't remember. Listen to what he had to say here. These folks uh, send in their activists or with their lawyers when they find there's a Christian who's principled and not willing to participate in any kind of sanctioning of same-sex marriage, and, and, and they sue them. Okay, so he, what, this is how he's portraying it. He's saying when a gay person discovers that there's somebody that's not okay with gay marriage, they sue them. He's not specifying a judge or a magistrate or a clerk or something who has a legal obligation to sign a marriage certificate in a legal state. He didn't specify that. He said when you find uh, when a gay person finds somebody who doesn't like gay marriage, they sue them. That's what he's saying here. Anything he can do to whip his audience into a blood frenzy, freak them out, make them think that they're being targeted personally, and they are at risk of being sued out of existence, sued for every penny that they own. Anything he can do to convince them of that, he'll do it them until they go into bankruptcy. Uh, in fact, the New Mexico Supreme Court, in ruling on the case there, said that, that uh, participating in the sanction of same-sex marriage was the, quote, price of citizenship in the United States. Okay, what? Um, a New Mexico court said participating in a gay wedding is the price of citizenship in the U.S.? I'm sorry, man. I just need a little evidence for this. This guy is actually on a list of, God, what's it called? Is it hate preachers? Uh, I don't remember exactly what the list is called, but the Southern Poverty Law Center has a big list of basically hate preachers, people who spread hateful, divisive rhetoric intentionally with no other purpose but to hurt others. And he is on the list, has been for years. Uh, his church is a hate group. That's the word I was looking for. He's on the Southern Poverty Law Center's list of hate groups. He runs a hate group. So we, we, that we know uh, what's coming, and uh, we're simply being preemptive and saying, no matter what the cost, we, we understand and we waive the cost. We are not going to bow. We're not going to bend. And if necessary, we will burn. Okay, that's interesting. So uh, that could mean one of two things as far as I can tell. He says he's willing to burn. Either A, that means he thinks that he is at risk of being like burned at the stake like a witch, probably the most likely one, but the alternative possible meaning is he thinks that he's going to burn in hell if necessary to oppose gay marriage, i.e. I don't care if God doesn't like it that I'm opposed to gay marriage. I'm going to burn in hell if that's what it takes. I'm going to oppose gay marriage anyway. Either way, that shit's fucking psychotic, man. That is just unhinged from reality. How do you get to the point where you would be willing to say something like, I am willing to burn before I support gay marriage? That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. He also went on a televangelist program named Andrew Womack. Couldn't remember his name for a second. Andrew Womack is on the Victory Network, I believe, which is a network owned and operated by Kenneth Copeland, kind of like Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Disney Channel. It's one of those. It's on TV, you know, direct TV and everything. 
So Andrew Womack is on there, and he got Rick Scarborough on to talk to his massive audience of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, who knows how many millions. I don't know how many people watched. But listen to what Rick Scarborough had to say on this this program. Late March 2022, he lays out his plans for us. We've been there until 2016, but increasingly moving toward the purple. So these... Talking about Texas and the trends that the voting is taking. Over the past six or so years, it's been moving more blue or purple. It's getting more and more Democrat as time goes on. Although I think in this last election, it, it kind of leaned more red than it had been. Purple. So these men who formerly underwrote our ministry called me back from Washington, said, do it again. So that's what we're doing now. RecoverAmerica.com is an effort to once again march across Texas, find a thousand preachers who will stand up, speak up, and refuse to give up, give them the tools, work with anybody who will work with us. But we're intending for this election cycle to create a pattern that can be duplicated all across America of pastor involvement. Now, I play this to show you that there are people out there that are getting politically involved, that are doing things that if you don't do, they will be there to take your place. If you don't get out there to vote, they'll be there voting. If you don't get out there to get to school board elections, they will be. If you're not there to speak up and take your two minutes of time to give the school board a piece of your mind, they will be there to take those two minutes for you. If you aren't there to knock on doors and picket and protest and all of it, they'll be there doing it in your place. It's important to remember that. Listen to this one, mid-July 2022. Get all the Christian kids out you can as quick as you can. Form out of schools is what he's saying. Form, take a building like this and start a Christian school. Form a co-op with other, other groups. Mm-hmm. Or let homeschoolers meet here and, and provide some type of recreation for those kids. Get as many kids out of public schools as we can today. So he wants to get all of the Christian kids out of public schools, right? Okay. That's a terrible idea, but all right, whatever. But send seasoned adults into those schools as teachers, administrators, and put them on our school boards. Why should we give this over to a lost world that hates God? Mm. Okay, this world does not, quote-unquote, hate God. We just want to be left alone to live our lives. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to be left alone to live your life. That's what he's saying right now. He wants to impose his beliefs upon you and your children. You know how uh, he's always complaining about saving the children? They're indoctrinating children. They're trying to take their minds, blah, blah, blah. That is literally what he's doing. That's literally what he is endorsing right now. He is saying we should send teachers and administrators into public schools to take over the school boards, to change the curriculums, to teach to the kids, to slip messages in covertly as much as humanly possible. Get your kids out. We're not doing this for our kids. We're doing it for non-believers' kids. We are trying to indoctrinate them. We are setting out to brainwash other people's kids. That's what he's saying. That is literally what he's been complaining about this entire time. And he's telling his people at his church to do exactly that. It's like I was listening to this thing from Kirk Cameron the other day, you know, from Growing Pains. Dude was talking about how libraries hold shows like Drag Queen Story Hour or whatever, right? 
And he's so upset by that that he's going to go to libraries and hold book reading events where he indoctrinates children with Christian stuff. I mean, this is almost word for word what he said. I'm not quoting him exactly. I'm paraphrasing. So you're sitting there complaining about people doing something that's not even happening in the first place. So you decide to go do it. This is the bit. This is the plan. This is the idea. Create a pretext that justifies brainwashing children. They're brainwashing kids, so we have to brainwash them back. Even when that's not happening, they just found their pretext to brainwash children. That is literally what this guy is doing right now. And if you aren't there picketing, if you aren't there protesting, if you're not there taking your two minutes at the school board meeting, he will be. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Doctors first called it GRID in 1981 before renaming it AIDS in 1982, but damage was done and it was colloquially called gay disease. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, that's sad. Uh, thank you for the uh, information on that. Yeah, Ronald Reagan, in my opinion, committed full-blown genocide at the time. He turned his face away and let it play out. Didn't help anybody, didn't try to come up with a cure, didn't nothing. He just let it rip through communities and ravage people's lives. Just disturbing, disgusting stuff. Reagan is a murderer as far as I'm concerned uh, and committed genocide on the LGBT community without a doubt. Reagan is an absolutely disgusting person as far as I'm concerned. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen and I'll talk to you next time. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can check me out on Patreon. You can also subscribe to my email list to keep up with what I'm doing and get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com, as always. Thanks for watching, guys.